We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Jacob Foss. Jacob first found his passion for global development in Peace Corps, Guana. He worked on projects focused on food waste elimination, value addition, and gender empowerment. Afterwards, he created a grain distribution business in Northern Guana and has developed over a dozen global supply chains of specialty ingredients. As AgriCycle's COO, he oversees a network of 40,000 farmers upcycling natural fruit abundance into value-added income for their families. Jacob, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Laurie. I'm excited to hear and learn more, as I imagine our listeners are too, about your background and what you're doing with AgriCycle. I mean, it's really quite fascinating what you've got going on. But let's start with um, the Peace Corps. Tell me a little bit about your time there. Yeah, absolutely. So I started um, really straight out of college, went to Peace Corps in in northern Ghana and was an agricultural volunteer. So I, I probably wouldn't even have been able to keep a plant alive for, for a week. I feel like it was kind of half of my cohort. And then here we are in, in Northern Ghana, um, finding ourselves all the community developed their agricultural scene. So it was a huge learning curve, definitely brought me out of my comfort zone in, in every regard from the actual task at hand, as well as, you know, cultural language barriers, differences, things like that. And just total geographic isolation compared to, you know, suburban Minnesota. Um, so I was an agricultural volunteer, and then I got my hands um, wet in in uh, education. So I just went to schools and would teach kind of whatever classes um, were needed that semester. And I went to the health center and the clinic they had there and helped out where I could, you know, weighing babies, taking nutritional panels, um, even some, some metrics and things like that for the doctors. And then uh, some of my favorite um, initiatives where besides, you know, just dancing and playing with the kids and, and, uh, boot camps and things like that were just the economic stimulating business, um, discussions and initiatives that took place mainly with the women of the community. Cause they typically, any initiative that comes in, the men get the opportunity. So one of my favorite ones was, um, a jewelry making business, just never would have thought in like high school or college that I'd be sitting in, um, a tiny village in, in Northern Ghana, living in a mud hut and straw roof and then making jewelry with women and trying to uh, create value-added income for them through means of value-added creation there and some tie and dye boutique, fabric making, all sorts of initiatives like that. And then, you know, the agricultural ones, creating farming groups and subsidized inputs, things like that for increased outputs. So a whole lot of different initiatives that was just life-changing experience. Sounds like it. My goodness, this is fascinating. I bet I, I bet you have a gazillion stories to share, actually. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your supply chain supply chain development experience across sub-Saharan Africa? Yeah, so after, I guess during Peace Corps, I started seeing a, a demand, um, a need that um, was not met in my village and in the northern 
part of Ghana itself was there's very uh, poor infrastructure to store and transport grains. And so one of the main problems that occurs in Northern Ghana is in boarding schools. So kids come from all over the country and then you know, food is, is shipped to the kitchens that uh, cooks can provide food for the boarding students. And in Southern Ghana, it, it's really no problem. They can start right away. But in Northern Ghana, there's a lack of up to maybe a month or two before the food reaches uh, the Northern half of the country. And so some of the students are unable to go to school, or at least they're at school, but unable to go to classes um, because they they can't eat for you know up to two months if some go home. It's really just a difficult situation. So one of the things we tried to do was create this business, a distribution um, company for grains and create that supply chain that can get to the schools. And all that's really needed is just an initial capital investment and then you know, proper storage techniques to buy low at market saturation and then distribute later throughout the year um, and when school starts. So that was kind of the initial idea for getting my um, my feet wet in the, in the industry. And then I got a um, opportunity to work with a friend who I met in Botswana in Peace Corps as well to develop about a dozen supply chains across sub-Saharan Africa, um, connecting smallholder farmers and some larger farmers processing phonia was the main one and other specialty ingredients to larger buying markets in America. And um, one of the largest wholesale distributors of specialty ingredients and grains in America. So making that connection was something I didn't really, you know, have experience in too much beforehand, but then after a year of just being thrown on the ground and having to figure it all out, you, you become uh, able to navigate the train pretty well. Wow. Again, so many stories, I imagine. But wow, I'm actually quite fascinated that you identified a a need and then took initiative to fulfill that need and really expanded way beyond that. So you've talked a lot um, about what you've you've been doing on a global level, um, but what are you doing locally? And I know you're in Milwaukee here. So what community initiatives are you currently working on? Yeah, so one that we we had just finished up working on was a fundraiser for Secure Bridges, which is a nonprofit in Milwaukee combating human trafficking. And in terms of Milwaukee and Midwest in general, is actually a pretty big hub for it. So we did a virtual fitness uh, month month of fitness fundraiser for um, people across America and, and anywhere really. Just log on to this app and then different fitness challenges, things like that, um, for all the proceeds we donated to secure bridges to help them fight their aim. Um, and then another one we're working on currently is a 10,000 smiles campaign with our, our jolly fruit co, um, our sun dried fruit. We are donating, um, thousands of bags to either companies in the Milwaukee area. We stood in line with voters and, and distributed some bags, um, to kind of put a cheer on people's face and, help them, you know, if they're out line voting in the cold for, for hours on end, give them a little boost, a nutritious snack that hopefully will put a smile on their face and it tells all about the story of where it came from. Um, and then so partners, individuals, and just people throughout the Milwaukee area giving away these bags to hopefully you know, put a little brighter end to the year that wasn't one of the greatest we've had in a while. Well, both of those initiatives sound quite fascinating. And um, it is interesting to learn Milwaukee's history with regards to sex trafficking. It's, um, it's so under the radar, unfortunately, and I'm glad that you and others are 
um, taking some steps to create some bigger awareness about it. All right. So the show here is all about networking. And um, my goal is to help alleviate any fears that people have and to instill some best practices and, and let let these let our listeners know that um, it's extremely important, not just for business, but um, for life in general. So can you uh, share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Yeah, so it's it's got to be uh, how how I got a job at AgriCycle or how I got connected to you know the interviews for AgriCycle. So I was coming back from one of my my trips to Sub-Saharan Africa, and I went to school in Madison, Wisconsin. So I I came through um, going to Chicago and kind of drove through, see some college buddies. I'm on my way back home to visit my family in Minneapolis, and I had one day to just kind of set. It was like a speed dating session to all my all my uh, friends from back in the college days and um, just see them again, catch up, you know, have a good time um, seeing what everyone's up to. So it was pretty much like every hour I had someone scheduled or a group of people or something. It was just such a fun day for me. And then it was one of the um, later times around dinner time. I had dinner with a buddy and then um, I had one person like an hour. Or so I was like, Oh my goodness, I can't have an hour off. Like who, who's left in the city. I gotta call somebody up. And so it turned out being uh, a friend of mine from club basketball and they ended up, it turns out they were an entrepreneur creating this, uh, this great startup called Nova Moto, who is, um, distributing solar energy and solar lights for charging and phone use. Um, and electricity in the Congo. And they were in a incubator and accelerator with this other startup who was doing global development in, in sub-Saharan Africa and the Caribbean who needed some supply chain and logistical support. So we were just sharing stories about development, uh, sub-Saharan Africa, just kind of catching up. And then the conversation turned to, you know, you really should connect with, with this guy. I think you guys would have so much in common. You know, he's just as passionate about the same things you are. Uh, I think it would really work out. And so, you know, I continued the night and saw their friends and stuff, went back to Minnesota a couple of days later, I called up this guy who was Josh and just cold called him basically, um, shot him an email and say, hey, can we, can we talk? Uh, Aaron introduced us and then we had like a two hour conversation right away. We just hit it off really well, exactly what he needed. I, uh, I had experience in and exactly what I was wanting to do kind of without even knowing it is what he was creating. And so he is the, the founder and CEO of, of AgriCycle now, and um, I'm, I'm the CEO now. So it's just a very interesting way that a random networking opportunity, just seeing friends led to my career path and, and my biggest passion right now. That's so awesome. That's a fantastic story. You, you had <laughs> a day with the guys. crank through and catch up with as many people as you could. And ironically, you had this void and you just kind of random. I'm sure you were thoughtful, more strategic about everyone else. And then you're just kind of like picking someone out of thin air. It seems like they're like, oh, I'll just touch base with this guy. And then it turns into this amazing connection that he he gives you. Yeah. Yeah. And a great buddy and call. You just sometimes forget, you know, um, that some person, a person lives in the city that you're in or, or whatever. You can have a great connection and just slips your mind and. So I was super glad I thought of him because it was great catching up. And then obviously led to my job. That's awesome. That's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing that. So yeah. you've obviously traveled the world with, with a lot of the things related to the Peace Corps. And I imagine in your role, 
um, with AgriCycle, you've had some global travel and you've probably met some amazing people. How do you best stay in front of and nurture these relationships in this community that you've created? Yeah, that's so important to, to do so. And it's something I need to, I need to do better at. I, I work at it and try to keep up uh, uh, my network, but it's, it's so important to do so. And some of the things that I've learned, um, I'll share is a, a list of them. So one of them is, I guess, starting with lists, you go into meetings and then you create a list, you have a document or whatever, wherever you want to store it of this person, kind of the, the title or the fit, and then little, little details about it. And so you just grow this huge list. And then every once in a while, um, you reach out to them, even maybe it's not even having to do with um, a, a specific request. It's just, Hey, how you doing? Checking in. That was really great meeting you. Um, what are you up to? Something like that. It was very simple. And even in personal, it can go to personal or professional, um, which is very important to, to reach back out. And it could be a, a one minute email you send out, no problem. But sometimes either the ones I've sent just saying, Hey, how's it going? Have led to really great things or vice versa. Someone does that to me. And then, you know, we end up creating a partnership that we didn't see coming. It was literally just how's it going. So that's, that's one, I would say, um, get into communities, uh, with, with COVID and ever increasing digital platforms that we're on Slack channels, uh, Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups. I'm in a couple of different Slack channels, like Upcycle Food Association is a great one. Startup CPG, another great one. Um, then some Facebook groups too. Just be in there and try to be active here and there and say you know who you are, what you're doing, and, and maybe uh, an ask or what you can offer or something like that. But even just passively um, listening to see what's going on and you can interject here and there. It's like, oh, I can meet that need or something like that. Being in as many of those groups as possible, take some time to seek those out and then the connections that it might lead to are well worth the time. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, weird audio happening. Um, COVID has really made it easier to connect with people digitally and virtually. Um, but being active in groups, um, especially where you've got an established community, is great to nurture those relationships, but also to meet some new people. And like you said, kind of help fill a need where that, that opportunity presents itself. Definitely. And sometimes I'll see a post of someone random and I'll just um, slide into the DM, as people say, and just send a note of appreciation. And sometimes that usually doesn't work because this is like some big celebrity or something. But sometimes uh, they'll respond and say, thank you. And maybe it can lead to something, maybe not. But it's just cool to do that. Um, and one more uh, I'll just share is if you read an article or book and something really resonates with you, just reach out, reach out to that person, the author, and you know, say what you liked about the book, about the article, about the blog. and you never know what it could lead to. I agree hundred percent. And actually I've done that recently books that I've read. Nice. I've read out, I've reached out to the author and invited them to be on the show. <laughs> and I cool. had a couple pretty fascinating authors on my show, um, which is great. Cause then you get to actually have a conversation with them and like, right. that, that's awesome. That topic. Um, that's been super fun. Um, there's a good book. Um, actually his episode will have aired right before yours <laughs> hasn't mm -hmm. aired yet in the real time world here, but, um, Bob Berg, the author of the go-giver. I don't know if you ever read that book. I haven't. I might have to. And actually you might like it based on just, it's all about paying it forward. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, I reached out to him cause I love the book and said, Hey, your book's awesome. You want to be in the show? And he said, yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was super fun. Doesn't hurt to That's ask. So right? great. Perfect example. Exactly. You never know what can happen. 
All right. So Jacob, what advice do you have for that business professional who's looking to grow their network? Yeah, you, so along those same lines, you never know what a reach out could lead to. Um, I, I tell people all the time talking to them um and maybe it's a, a student or up-and-coming entrepreneur of you know what is a no a no changes nothing but a yes can change everything right you you send out 10 messages nine of them come back no you're literally in the same place that you started nothing has changed your career your life is no different but that one yes that you might get that could lead to so many greater opportunities and that one yes could lead to you know 10 more yeses you never know. So just being fearless in that and not worrying about a couple of no's here and there, because you're never going to get all yeses and no's are just a different means to a yes, or it's just an opportunity that's, that's not right. No problem. But all those yeses are so important. So just reaching out, um, reaching out to the author, inviting them to the podcast. Perfect example. Um, some might say no, and some might say yes, and you do it. It's a great conversation. It leads to great connections. Um, and then, and just, I mean, tying on the Theme, don't be intimidated. Don't don't have the fear to get out of your comfort zone. Um, you're comfortable. You're probably not doing enough. Like comfort is, is good in a sense, but you gotta have to be a little uncomfortable if you're gonna grow. And you know, once you, you get out of your comfort zone and you become comfortable in that task, that's that's great. A sign of growth. And then reach out to a different uh subgroup of that task or something like that and become uncomfortable again and just repeat that cycle and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Love that. Really powerful statement. And there's so much truth to that. And you don't want to get complacent in your actions. You just um because then you're not growing. So yeah, your growth is definitely in the comfort zone and the uncomfortable zone. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's super important. All right. I always like this question. If you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Yeah. I think this one might not be terribly popular with parents, but just uh, grades are just pass. I spent so much time having to get the perfect <laughs> grades and it's good. It's, it's great to do, but I think it's no, you know, graduating college and all the years of school that we go through, I think it's much more important that you have the drive to get those grades than to actually getting those grades in the first place. So as long as you have that drive, you know, work to do the best at everything you can do. But if I had that option of getting, you know, getting all A's or go working two part-time jobs or, or an internship or starting a company or something, I would much rather have my 20 year old self try and even fail at starting a company than work, you know, spend 60 hours a week studying or whatever people are doing. Um, spend that time pass, get your grades, graduate. That's, that's good. That's important. But there's never been an interview that, you know, there's two people absolutely equal, um, at least in my experience. And one person has done amazing stuff, started their own company. Um, and the other person has a 4.0 versus the other person who started their company and all these community initiatives had uh, 3.0 or something. And then they're like, Oh, but your GPA, you're better in every category, but look at that number. It just doesn't really matter. So get grades pass. It's great, but do all do the extracurricular, put yourself out there. Like you're trained that the comfort, right. Is get a good grade like push yourself to get good grades. Um, don't put yourself outside the box because it's risky. It's not as important. The ROI isn't as good. I completely disagree. Yeah, that's that's a powerful and controversial statement. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sorry, parents, but oh, yeah. I think it's important. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, as you were saying that, I'm processing, you know, the, the information and and looking at and evaluating. I would say the majority of positions 
professional career positions, the grades are not a factor, but there are some areas that the grade, like healthcare, you know, I know that, you know, to move on to certain um, levels of advancement, you, the grades are a factor and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. but um, just to preface that, but I do agree. Yeah, that yeah. I think Not like, a universal blanket statement. For sure. So good point. But correct. I guess in my field, it really, I'm biased, but then, I mean, as long as you're passing, I feel like, you know, it's important, but yeah, good, good point. Thank you for, for countering me, providing a little balance there. That's yeah, very important. Um, <laughs> at the same time, I'm gonna, I don't believe I'm saying this, but, uh, um, you know, <laughs> for a while and, and this shifted over time, probably closer when I was in my 20 earlier, earlier, in my college years, my, my kind of statement was C's get degrees. So, right. <laughs> yeah. um, um, but there, that's a whole nother conversation. So, right, right. <laughs> but I, I agree, like the life experience um, and overcoming different challenges and obstacles, a hundred percent is going to stand out beyond someone that just had their nose in a book the whole time. Um, I right, know right. when I'm hiring for my staff, I look for experiences. I want people that took the the time to, you know, get the internships and they've had experience in the industry um, or, or they are self-starters and trying to learn these things or do these things on their own versus someone that they just went to school for it and that's it. And I will always pick that life experience candidate over the. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Only candidate. Um, not to say school is not important because I'm a huge advocate. For <laughs> right. education. Um, but yeah, good, good dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a topic we could talk about for quite some time, actually. I think so. Definitely. Might have to continue this elsewhere. <laughs> Maybe over some beverages when the world <laughs> lets us hang out again in person. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Um, all right. So we've all heard of the six degrees of, of separation. Um, who is the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you can do it within the sixth degree? So I'd say definitely on the six degree question, I think you can get to anyone in like in half that, like three or four. I'm so confident in that, especially with how digital the world is today, uh, the globalized nature of society. I think it's, it's, I mean, it's not easy to just snap your fingers and get there, but if you have the connections lined up, you can, I think six is even overshooting it. Um, the person I would say, the dream person, dream connection for me is Serena, Serena Williams. She's just, uh, such a model in every regard and you know especially since we started um working with agricycle empowering rural women farmers in sub-saharan africa and serena is just such a symbol of female empowerment especially women of color empowerment um she's just she's perfect and i would love to even just have a conversation with her um but if we could like take a step further and get like a brand ambassador or, like a face of one of our brands oh my goodness serena where are you at um, but I think, and just going through, I mean, think of maybe how, how to do it. I feel like some connections we have with, with startups, uh, and like next gen is, is connected with, uh, NFL play 60. And then maybe a connection through that. Cause Serena actually, she invested in the Miami dolphins found out and, um, so going through that route or, um, she's also invested, she has a, her own fund and she invested in impossible foods and some other brands, but impossible foods is a plant-based protein. Um, alternative ingredients. So that's one of the, our field better ingredients has that. So, you know, I go through impossible foods, CEO or someone in their company and reach her. So I feel like in, in three to four, if the connections are eyes. It's possible. 
So what's stopping you from getting going on that? I got to do it. Maybe, maybe we can just do it right now. Like Serena, if you're listening, let's do it. Let's, let's get coffee. Let's get a cup of tea. Let's sit down. We can chat. You can, you can kick my ass in tennis and uh, I'll buy you a cup of tea. I'll buy you some coffee. <laughs> we can do it in one degree, I guess two degrees. All right. Well, we'll, we'll tag her on social media. when we <laughs> Perfect. And hopefully you'll get a response, but I love it. Um, I, I think that's a great answer. She has not been an answer uh, as okay. um, when I've asked this question to other candidates, which is great yeah. um, in her other interviews. So um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask me a question. So um, go for it. What's something you'd like to ask me? All right. Well, I, I do want to know why you started this podcast, but I feel like people would, we can, I can ask that later. Um, what is your, what's your best story with, you know, with, uh, with an unexpected event or an unexpected connection or an unexpected happenstance that you put yourself out there on and it led to, it could be something terrible, but hopefully something great, but led to something extraordinary, either either end of the extreme. Oh boy. Um, oh, okay. So, um, I had to go through quickly a bunch of things. <laughs> um, Very quick. I, yeah, I got an email. Um, this is a few, few years back that said that I'm, I'm a candidate to participate in this entrepreneur program. And, um, you know, we get all these kind of, there's so many spammy emails and it's really hard to, right to validate legitimacy of something of this nature um, versus it being a, a spam or scammy thing. So right. um, the only thing that kind of, um, it was it was backed by Goldman Sachs and I was like, okay, so either they're totally blasting and spamming using Goldman yeah. Sachs name right. or a legit like thing. So um, there was a couple, there was more of like interviews basically. Um, so discovery interview, and then it turned into like someone nominated me and then I had to apply um, okay. for this program, but it was basically um, Goldman Sachs, their community initiative was to help 10,000 small business owners grow their businesses. <laughs> Um, so as all expenses paid, like a semester long educational program, travel, lodging, everything covered um, with high expertise instructors while connecting with other entrepreneurs on a national level. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to do it. And I did it. <laughs> and it was amazing. Um, and that just saying yes to that has led to so many amazing things ever since yes. so this was perfect four years ago yeah five four or five years ago yeah it was awesome. That's so perfect was that with babson college yep yeah yeah so i i just saw that i going through your linkedin just i remember seeing that oh um, you're creeping on my linkedin <laughs> yeah i was creeping definitely yeah. creeping um yeah that's no, so great that's a, was, exactly just just go for opportunity and it's probably led to so many amazing things like you said well i've connected with entrepreneurs all over the country. We support each other. We advocate for each other. I mean, we, there's still people that I met in that group that we touch base, like on a monthly basis and just sure. see how we're doing. And, you know, we're all over the country in totally different industries. Um, especially when COVID hit, it was like, Hey, how are you guys doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that was great to just have that kind of support system. But 
I've generated business. I've gotten a lot of um, great advice, sound counsel. I mean, it, it was, yeah, fantastic program. Fun question. That's great. That's so great. All right. So uh, what final advice do you have to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely tied to the theme of, of not worrying about no's, not being afraid. Definitely just seek opportunities. You might think it's a, a silly networking event. Just try it. If, if the silly networking event takes an hour of your time and you haven't gotten the connection and that's, that stinks. That's unfortunate, but hopefully you learn something. You have to have taken something away from it, if not some good connections. Um, if you're in an event, don't just sit and hope, think that the connections will come to you. You've, so maybe they will, but go, go be your own advocate. Like, so now no one's going to sit there, some angel over your shoulder and be like, pick me, come talk to me. I have great things to offer. Like, no one knows. Um, if you're scared to go talk to someone, someone else is probably scared to go talk to you. So just put yourself out there. Don't worry about being scared. I always think of, you know, I, I probably won't ever see these people again. And that's like the worst case. So again, nothing changes. But if you do see them again, that's probably because you had a connection that, that you created. So the worst thing that could happen is nothing, no difference. And then the best thing is create connections. It's kind of tying on that theme. Um, and if you're, at a, if you're at a webinar or enter, whatever it might be, you listen to speakers, try to remember a couple of key points of what they're saying and if it resonates with you and then shoot them a message with those key points to, to show them you're listening and show them you're engaged and then use that to kind of springboard whatever conversation you'd want to get out of it. But say that and then just say yes to opportunities. You know, even if it's more of a mentorship opportunity, you never know what those connections could lead to. You never know what you're going to learn from teaching others. Um, I just, I'm just all about taking as many opportunities as you can. Like realistically, you can't work 24 hours, seven days a week, but just take opportunities when they come or create them and then take them. So that'd, that'd be kind of my final, final words. I think those are great. And I'm just going to circle back to your little tip on um, like the webinar or events and taking mm-hmm. a couple points and reaching out to that person and letting them know you're going to make a huge impression with that person. And it's a great opener to getting that dialogue going further. Awesome. Um, Well, Jacob, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way that they can reach you? Yeah, it would be, I mean, my LinkedIn, um, it's just Jacob dash Foss, uh, J-A-C-O-B, F-O-S-S. Uh, email would be another fine one, um, J-A-C-O-B at agricycleglobal.com, A-G-R-I-C-Y-C-L-E-G-L-O-B-A-L.com. Those are, those are great ways. You can also search me on Instagram, same as, same as LinkedIn, Jacob, that's actually Jacob underscore underscore Foss. Um, but any of those three would be great. Love to hear from you. Uh, please reach out. Awesome. We will include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you. It was great speaking with you. Totally. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Jacob for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, feel free to join our Facebook group. Just search for Social Capital Network and click the join button. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise... We'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.